WHHH-FM Indianapolis. It's time to take a look at what's going on in and around Indy. It's Open Lines, your eye on the community on High 96.3. Hold up. And good morning to you, Indianapolis. It is Sunday, May 23rd, 2021. And we've got a jam-packed show for you this morning. A lot to talk about. And I would like to hear from you on all of the subjects. Uh, We will start with what we know is unfortunately likely to approach. And that is Indianapolis' 100th homicide of the year. When we were on the air last week, we told you we were at 93 homicides, which was up like 30 from what it would normally be this time of year in years past. But now that number has continued to escalate due to the violence that we have seen this week. But we've talked a lot about solutions. We've talked about, you know, all these different root causes. And is it gang? Is it this? Is it that? Um, Some of it involves people who were not even related to it, including the 12-year-old Deshaun Bills, who was shot and killed in his grandmother's home. He was minding his business, but he's no longer with us. We'll talk about that and um, several of the other disturbing things, including Keandre Davis, the 19-year-old man who was celebrating his birthday when he was shot and killed at his own party. Now people seem to be getting outraged, which rightfully so. But we'll get thoughts on all of that coming up around 8.20. But then, you know, some people will say that's a policing issue. But on the other side, there are some people who say maybe it's time to abolish the police. And then there's some people who say maybe that's not the best idea. We'll talk about that and how that all relates coming up at 8.40. Should be an interesting conversation. But we will start this morning uh, with opportunity uh, for our students to get caught up in the classroom and outside of the classroom, I should say, before they go back to the classroom. I'm talking about the Mind Trust and the United Way's new partnership, uh, which will bring those uh, learning labs that we've talked about for the past year that have been popping up in communities across Marion County. That's now going to continue into the summer, thanks to this new partnership with the United Way and the Mind Trust, because as we know, as you know, if you've got kids or if you work with kids, you know for a fact that they have lost um, a lot. Uh, whether they've been hybrid in school or virtual in school, they've lost something. And so a lot of the school districts are doing extended summer schools this year. Uh, and in between that, you will also have the Indie Summer Learning Labs to help fill in that gap. So when school starts uh, this fall or late summer, you know, nobody goes to school in the fall anymore. School starts the last week of July. Uh, they will be ready. They will be caught up. Uh, and to tell us about what this means and how our kids can benefit is Jessica French. She is the Senior Director of Communications for the United Way of Central Indiana, and she joins us right now on the live line. Jessica, good morning. Good morning, Cameron. Uh, thank you for being uh, with us here this morning and, and doing this for our students who, as I said, we've known have had a tough uh, past year with yeah. ha- having no school at one point and then hybrid school and virtual school. What are you guys doing at the Indy Summer Learning Labs? Yeah, you know, schools and educators have had to go above and beyond this year to keep kids on track. And already, um, you know, we, we've known for decades that learning loss is a real thing for many students, especially in math and reading skills over the summer. And together with our friends at the Mind Trust, uh, United Way um, is creating these Indie Summer Learning Labs just to help thwart that issue. Um, these We're now up to 45 lab locations across Marion County, which includes IPS schools, Decatur Township schools, Uh, some charter schools, community centers, and churches. So if you've got a kid who for, and it's a five-week program starting on June 21st, who you feel like needs um, to stretch their learning, especially in math and reading, but then also these programs include a lot of fun in the afternoon. So Mm -hmm. it's almost like learn in the morning and have a camp experience in the afternoon. Um, This is for you. Um, This is probably with 45 now locations signed up. 
there's probably a site very much close to your neighborhood or, or home. So yeah. we're really excited. Um, Indie Summer Learning Labs has a website, IndieSummerLearningLabs.com, and we are right now actively enrolling families. So I know it's the end of school, um, and people are probably focused on taking finals and getting their kids wrapping up a school year, but now is the time to think about registering for this program um, that runs from June 21st through July 23rd. You know, one of my favorite things about um, the community learning centers and now the summer learning labs has been the availability on all parts of the city. It isn't just focused on one school district or in one neighborhood because this affected everybody. So as I look at the list of those 45 sites that you talk about, uh, there's something, you know, over at Decatur Township Schools, Indianapolis Public Schools. You've got the Lagore Boys and Girls Club. Shout out to Lagore. You've got uh, something just on every side, the Reset Center, Phelan Leadership Academy. Uh, It's it's, it's everywhere. And so that is great. Yeah. Um, And some of these sites will also offer in-person as well as there's some virtual opportunities. So it's it's real diverse within how it's going to teach your kids. Yep. And that was the next thing that I had noticed. This is also for Marion County students entering grades one through nine for the next school year. Other than that, there's no other qualifying criteria to enroll. Um, But obviously you're trying to touch on uh, communities of students who have been hit hard by this pandemic. That's right. We're really trying to prioritize the best we can, the highest need students in the neighborhoods in our cities. But everybody is invited to register. Again, we're, our goal is rather ambitious, um, trying to get to 7,000 kids and keep a good, healthy um, student-to-teacher ratio as well. So we're still also actively looking for teachers. If you're a teacher that wants to make a little money, and it's not just a little money, it's a good amount of change mm-hmm. this summer, um, or you're an aide or you're an, an instructional assistant, I and mean, we need those folks too. So um, it's a program not only to benefit students, but to help keep our teachers employed um, and help them be a part of a learning experience actually that's already built. There is no curriculum that a teacher has to create on his or herself. So it's, it's already built. It's, um, it's already set up. So it's easy to um, not only enroll and have your kid participate, but if you're a teacher interested in this teaching opportunity, it's already done for you. And the best part of this is for the educators who are interested in doing this, either in person or virtually, yeah, uh, that you also need teaching, uh, coaching and instructors aid roles. But you can be, if you are uh, licensed with this, if you've got a teaching license, you That's can right. be compensated paid $10,000 for the summer participation. And then if you are a teacher aide or a structural assistant, you will get $6,000 or for full-time work or $3,000 for part-time work. $10,000 to be made over the summer or $6,000. This is, we're talking a two-month span here. That's some good money in a short amount of time. Yes. It's really important to address the holistic nature of summer learning loss. And we feel like with together with the line trust, United Way felt like this was a perfect, timely initiative to join forces with um, each other as well as all of these community partners to set up a, a system to help our children as well as hire all of the right folks to do that. You know, again, these are at-risk kids mostly that we're also trying to reach out to and make sure that they hear this message. This is a fun five-week program meant to help you keep up with your math and reading but to add all these other qualitative elements to it so that it's fun. It's, you know, these COVID restrictions are, are lightening up now. And so mm-hmm. we're back to the ability for kids to be in person with mentors and with teachers and with aides who were there to help them. And I think that's really the critical element they've been missing for so long. So what are the hours for this uh, five-week program? It's, um, it's an arrival. It looks like around 8 a.m. And then it dismisses it around 4.15 to 4.30. Oh, so there's, there's, there, it's all day. So especially if you're a, you're a parent that works all day, this is a good way for you to have a sense of, of security that you're for five weeks, your kid is, um, actively learning and having fun all day while you might be at work. Um, and so it includes breakfast and lunch. It includes, again, curriculum based activities in the morning related to math and reading. And then in the afternoon, it could be anything from, you know, learning science or learning um, new website design or, you know, these, all these different sort of enrichment wellness programs um, are, are built into the system. So it's a fun way of keeping kids actively um, engaged all day, but having fun. I mean, th- these are kids. So you're going to be in the morning teaching some of the things that they might have missed 
uh, during the school year, but then in the afternoon you're going to go into some other directions. Sounds like teaching them things that they wouldn't have learned at school anyway, maybe. Yeah, exactly. And that's, and that's really the point, too, of, of a lot of summer programs is that, you know, the school year is so jam-packed with um, things that kids have to be assessed on. And in the summer, you get a little more flexibility um, with a lot of, of learning programs. And this is uh, very similar to that. So the ability to, to invite um, different kinds of learning and different kinds of enrichment in the afternoon that kids would not normally have um, access to is really important to this. All right. So you've got uh, now, how does it, is there a transportation component or do you just go to, can you go to whatever location is closest where you can provide as a parent your own transportation? That's a good question. Um, I'm sure different sites vary. So I do want to actively encourage folks to go on, we have a pretty detailed Q&A, a frequently asked questions sheet on our IndieSummerLabs.com uh, website. And so go through and, and double check all of those details. And then also, um, when you're ready to register, um, we have people waiting on the phone to help answer some of these questions. I'm not sure to what availability each site might have in transportation, but I'm sure that the answer is there. Okay. Um, the active phone, and I, I can't emphasize this enough, it's not just a web-based um, registration. You can call and talk to someone um, at a specific phone number, and they are um, they, you can register by phone or by um, website. So it's very important to do or have the access to both. All right, you get a live representative. You're always yelling on the phone, representative, I want to talk to a live person. <laughs> we have a person. Um, I can call that phone number if you like. It's, it's 317-426-3234. All right, perfect. And then the okay. website is IndieSummerLearningLabs.com. Whether you are a, uh, a a parent wanting to put their student in or you are a teacher or a paraprofessional or a, if you work in the classroom right now, there's an opportunity to make some pretty good dough over five weeks with the Indie Summer Learning Labs. And it's a good way if you're a parent to put your kids somewhere during the summer where we know where they are, but more importantly, you know where they're not and you know that they are getting Uh, some good learning opportunities during the day as well. Jessica French, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thanks, Cameron. All right. uh, More information, we will have that on our website. But in the meantime, uh, go ahead and click it in your phone, IndieSummerLearningLabs.com, IndieSummerLearningLabs.com. The information on how to sign up and who to contact is right there. All right, 813 on this uh, Sunday morning. And unfortunately, we have to prepare uh, for what we know is coming. And that will be Indianapolis's 100th homicide. This is something that when it does happen, it's much later in the year. In past years, we're talking, you know, the last two, three months of the year. But my friends, it is March, March 23rd. It's only the fifth month of the year and the violence um, is about to reach an, an actual historic level. Um, and so we can't go on without talking about um, about this issue. And then I want to hear from you on, on what do we do about it? How do we fix it? Um, because I now I'm, you know, for a while folks were saying uh, systematic issues and we need to look at this, we need to look at that. Now the powers that be, are saying that, and in some cases, they're saying, well, we're doing that. We're addressing it, but the violence is still continuing, and it's not making a whole lot of sense to them. So let's turn the floor over to you. What are you seeing? What do you think? What can we do? Start calling me right now, uh, and when we come back, we will continue this conversation and talk uh, about some of the lives that we have lost in just the past couple of days. More of the Open Line Show is coming up. I'm Cameron Riddle on Hot 96.3 and 106.7 WTLC. Connected to what's happening in our city, it's Open Lines on High 96.3. 
All right, good morning. We are back here on Open Lines. I'm Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle on Hot 96.3 and WTLC. On this Sunday, May 23rd, 2021. And as I said, unfortunately, uh, we know we are about to approach a milestone that we wish was avoidable. It would be a miracle if if we didn't. Um, but when we were on last on the air last week, we talked about the violence in the city and how uh, we were at levels that we had not been at this time in a year. It's May. Um, but now we know we are about to hit um, the 100th homicide in Indianapolis. There's been uh, multiple homicides uh, in the past couple of weeks. You know, there was a shooting at the gas station. I haven't even heard all the details on that, but left two people dead and another person um, injured. Um, a story that also bothers me uh, is the the death of Keandre Davidson, a 19-year-old. He was celebrating his own birthday party at his own place, and he was shot and killed on his birthday. Um, and he leaves behind two children and another baby on the way. Sounds like, from what we heard, he was involved with the Martin Luther King Center, uh, a good young guy whose life was cut short. And for what? And then just last night, you know, the one that's got uh, everybody's attention even more is the death of another child, a 12-year-old. Deshaun Bills was at his grandmother's house inside the house with his grandparents when a bullet comes from outside and kills him. The police are saying this was a drive-by shooting. What did he have to do with that? Nevertheless, all of this isn't making sense when because what people are saying is, okay, well, you said it was um, systematic issues. Well, what's systematic about shooting up through through, through somebody's house and killing a, a 12-year-old? How does what are the what are the root causes of that is what they're saying? Um, and of course, now we have in the middle of this a family that is grieving. Um, for the loss of a 12-year-old boy. And last night, his family had a vigil. And uh, when they should be celebrating this 12-year-old going into the next grade this time of year. Our media partners from Hot 96.3, our Hot 96.3 media partners, I should say, at Wish TV, uh, was there last night at the vigil. Uh, Let's take a listen to the report from Dan Klein, and then we'll talk to you about how it is we continue with this in Indianapolis. For the family of Deshaun Bills, the last two days have been difficult, but the days ahead will be even tougher. Because we have to say goodbye, we don't wanna say goodbye. A planned candlelight vigil out front of the home on Leland Avenue near 34th and Emerson where Deshaun was shot was supposed to celebrate his life Saturday helping friends and family mourn by comforting each other. We've been together every day since this happened. This is what's helping us get through it. Deshaun's basketball hoop was out on the street. Blue balloons, his favorite color, attached to the pole. Another favorite, the Fortnite video game, prominently displayed on the poster. Deshaun was an awesome kid. He's 12 years old. He has the most beautiful smile. But things quickly took a turn. As loved ones continued to gather more than 100 strong, right as the vigil was set to begin, Deshaun's mother had a seizure, requiring paramedics to be called. A much abbreviated event expected, Wish TV honoring the family's request to leave. The message still the same though, with Deshaun's future ripped from his hands, it's time now to protect other children and protect their future. If someone in the community knows something or has seen something, this is our city. This is our. These are our neighborhoods, and we have to work together with IMPD. And the family says it's not just Deshaun. Other children have had their lives ripped from their family in this city too. The next couple of days is going to be the worst for our family. Don't just pray for us. Pray for those other families as well. And you know those other families also. If you know something about those other cases, like don't just sit there. First of all, important to say, Deshaun's mother is expected to be okay. The ambulance didn't even have its lights and sirens on as they left the area. But the family pleads with anyone who might have information on Deshaun's murder, as well as any other child's, call IMPD. You can leave a tip anonymously at 317-262-TIPS. The family has a fund set up for funeral expenses and medical bills. It's at First Merchants Bank under the name Glass House. Reporting in the newsroom, Dan Klein, Wish TV, wishtv.com, and be sure to follow us on Facebook. Thank you to Dan Klein and Wish TV for that report. 
Uh, you can see more on their website, wishtv.com. So what do we do? 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696. I've heard some good conversations on Tina's show this week with folks saying, you know, every story ends with, hey, if you know something, speak up. 317-262-TIPS. It's anonymous. And we know um, that that's an issue. But it's just all frustrating. You know, when I understand why people don't speak up, because, you know, sometimes your name does end up in documents or, you know, there are reasons that people don't speak up. So, I mean, I guess that's that's on one hand, that's a reactionary. But I I guess before you even get to reaction, the question is, how do you prevent it? Right. Why do we have to worry about solving a crime if, if there was no crime? We wouldn't have to worry about that. 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696, or you can send me a tweet at Open Line Show or at Cameron Riddle on Twitter, and I will read your tweet on the air. Let's go to the phone lines. Let's start with the caller on line two. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, how you doing, Cameron? Brother, I'm on tip here. And, uh, good morning. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, loud and clear. Okay, good, good. Thank you. Um, I'll be brief because, first of all, I want to say hello and great Sunday to everyone out there and, uh, hug your mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers, uh, children, loved ones, someone else's child. I keep saying children, someone else's child, coaching uh, baseball, being at the parks all the time. The children need hugs and love. That's where we're going to see this change happen with getting them and keeping them smiling and keeping their hearts warm and fuzzy and, and happy because we have a lot of mean and a lot of hard-hardened people out here. We got a lot of hardened hearts. We've got a lot of of, of, of people who who are really, really ill. Uh, and it's not about mental illness. It's just about being ill. Period. Uh, on the inside and not feeling uh, good spirits inside them. You want some solutions. That's where the first one's going to start. We've got to probably go back to the basics with the children and letting them keep their fuzzy, lovey heart. Stop being so hardened. Stop giving them the hardness of the world. Turn off the devil vision. Uh, turn off the devil uh, radio, uh, for lack of a better word, because I don't believe in devils that way, but I mean, I'm just putting it that way. And get them into the happy, fuzzy stuff. Put a book in a crayon in front of them and let them draw a smiley face or a crazy face. And, Keep a child's heart. Let's try to do that. And as adults, maybe we can uh, 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 get ourselves together, bend our knees, and, and, and try to get a child's heart back in us because it all starts with the heart. It's really nothing. Dr. Brown says it's going to get worse before it gets better, and I've thought about this for a while. It's nothing you can do. Two people walking into a, three people walking in the gas station and shooting each other, there's nothing you can do beforehand from the adult point of view and if they have not understood or been taught the proper recourse to address issues. And people disagree and argue all the time. People, is no problem disagreeing and arguing. There's a problem picking up weapons and tools and offending one another. And one other solution is, and, and, and I know it, it's, it's not popular in the black community, and you can uh, maybe ask Minister Nuri to get on before, well, we may need a little more teaching from the Nation of Islam perspective. We may need. I went to the temple back when I was a young lad, not because I had problems, because I was just enthralled. Public Enemy was an inspiration to a lot of us, especially from the Gary Chicago area in Chicago, the temple being in Chicago. So a lot of us went over there. We was inspired by a lot of the teachings of the minister, and discipline is a part of that. And we didn't put hands on people. People, they don't carry weapons. Look at the Nation of Islam people, those the people in, in the worst neighborhoods trying to help people. We don't carry weapons. I'm only carrying one now because of self-defense being licensed. That's all, and I don't try to carry it all the time. But other than that, I talk to people. I'm at the parks all the time, coaching. I try to talk to the young people. So we that those teachings from the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, a lot of that may need to be incorporated in some type of scholastic approach, uh, not from a religious perspective, but just from a from a social and psychological perspective to get people to understand the value of one another. And that, because unless you do that, uh, we're not going to stand this tide. All the police can do is come get you after it's done and, and throw you in a, in a slammer like uh, if you've done the crime, like that's what should happen to you. So, um, you know, hopefully people get a child's heart again to keep the children happy and smiling. You yourself try to get a child's heart. And maybe pick up a message to the black man, black men, because it's mainly the black men shooting. Go pick up a message to the black man by the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and read that book 
and then maybe you can put your guns down and realize there are other ways to solve your disputes without and you're not supposed to take up arms against your brother you're not supposed to do it thanks for taking my call Karen. all right thank you sir 317-239-9696 let's go to the next call on line three good morning who's this this uh Levon, please you know our kids are being human trafficked and sex trafficked and everything through the charter schools. That's what's going on. And you can, can't look at that in any way, and you won't say that that's exactly what's happening. We talk about the find the heart and all this stuff. These kids don't know anything about that because a great percentage of them are really illiterate. But uh, when you get somebody telling your child that you got to come to some bootleg school that they set up on a shoestring with no budget, really, that they don't beg for, then uh, you need to uh, help. You're trying to help them. You're doing nothing but put money in your own pocket. They deal with the mind trash and United Way, the ethnic cleansing IPS school district. Why can't our kids enjoy the district? Why can't they enjoy those amenities that are that they are entitled to according to Article 8 of our Constitution. Nobody wants to go there with me, but they all want to start these uh, bootleg schools exclusively for black and poor kids. So as long as we don't look at that and talk about their hearts and they love to fear and hate the fear, that's all a bunch of garbage. It's garbage. Thanks, Kevin. All righty. I'm sorry. Hey, if I wish I had, no, I had more time, but... Uh, it is a bunch of garbage. Go to my uh, YouTube. You know what it is. Larry right. Von the Glass Man yes. on YouTube. Right. And uh, listen to my sermon on charter schools. All right. I'm 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 sure. I've got it labeled. I'm, I've got I'm, it I'm labeled. All right. Thank you, Larry. Thanks, Cameron. All <laughs> right. 317-239-9696. 317-239-9696. Woo, chow. Uh, caller on line two. Good morning. Who's this? Uh, good morning. All I want to say is that um, whoever done that to that 12-year-old, turn yourself in. Do that for that family and give that family closure because you know you didn't have nobody putting that gun in your hand and shooting in that woman's house. So please turn yourself in. Do that for me. That's all I ask. Thank you. Thank you so much for the call. A good plea. Mm-hmm. 317-239-9696. 317-239-9696. What do you think about what's going on in the city? Caller on line three. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, Cameron. How you doing this morning? I'm good. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm doing well. This is Paul calling. Uh, the only couple of things I want to say real quick is that uh, a lot of these parents are now afraid of their children since they... Uh, the law don't allow uh, families to discipline their children anymore. And one of the biggest things, I, I never said anything about this, but I want to make a point of it now. All this praying and carrying on is not doing anything. We need to we need to act. We need to quit talking about uh, praying and Jesus and, and, uh, and other religions and different things like that. Uh, we need to come back to strengthening our village. There was a time that we didn't need no religion or or police or anything else. And again, uh, we need to come a little more closer to reality and uh, and start taking over our families, uh, disciplining our children. Uh, Most of the people that are in religion, these are y'all's children out here doing this stuff. These are y'all's children, and y'all not y'all afraid of them. And we need not to be afraid of our children. I'm not afraid of any of them. I go out and talk to a lot of youth, uh, a lot of parents and different things, and to let them know that uh, we have to stand up. And and we can't continue to talk about praying and carrying on when we can actually do something. We see acts of the devil, well, then we need to see acts of righteousness. We don't need to be sitting around waiting on some deity to come to do anything. We are empowered. We are the most intelligent people on the planet, and we need to start acting like it. And we need to take charge and and not putting it on the mayor, the governor, the police department, none of that crap. We don't need to do that. We need to stand up on our own, and we need to take care of our own children. And you people that get ready to go to church this morning, when you get out of church today, go get your children. Go do something with your children. Because what you get ready to go do is not going to mean a thing. There hasn't been nothing that, that that's coming from the stars that's going to help us. 
We need to help ourselves and do what we need to do to protect ourselves and protect our families so that we don't have to be under this thumb or rule anymore. So that's 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 my comment. I'm right. just tired and want people to act and stop this praying and carrying on because that's not doing anything. And I know somebody's going to come on after me and stuff, but if you don't have the knowledge I have, don't try to attack me or try to say something about me about this religion and carrying on because I do my homework right. and I got four books that, wait a minute, I got four books out there that explains mm-hmm. all this, black mental health, etc. I just know that we need to do something. Please, y'all, do something. Do right. something. Thank you, sir. Have a great day, y'all. All right. You as well. Got more callers. 317-239-9696. Caller on line two. You're live on Open Lines. Who's this? Oh. Hey, you're live on the air. Who's this? Charles Gannon. Charles, what's on your mind, sir? I think one of the biggest issues we have is that we tend not to focus on our kids' activities. Uh, they say video games and stuff like that, the violence, the killing, the GTA, and they, they don't affect it. But if you look at the military, the police, airplanes, everything is done in simulation, computer fashion. You must simulate the action repeatedly before you're able to perform it uh, consistently. So as we learn to uh, desensitize ourselves, killing on these video games, and then we dehumanize ourselves by labeling each other with these different uh, street names. When you put a name on something, you first have to dehumanize a person in order for you to kill them. You cannot kill me if you say that's my brother. But if you call me that N-word and then focus your anger at me, you can kill me. It is important that we watch what we allow our children to be exposed to. It is important that we pay attention to what we're allowing ourselves to teach our children. Because I see parents that if their children are selling dope and they're bringing money home, they fine with it. But when their child is killed in the street from gun violence, they're upset. We need to be parents. We need to be adults. We need to be more conscious of what we're allowing our kids to participate in. And I agree with that. And I'll just say, you know, everybody talks about the video games and the Grand Theft Autos of the world, and those games come with a parental advisory. So when we say this, here's what's supposed to happen, because I have every Grand Theft Auto game. I love them. I play them all the time. Now, and I've been playing them since I was in middle school, but the difference was I was taught that that's a video game, not real life. You don't do what's in the video game in real life. Uh, and so that's the component that's missing is not just taking away the video games. They should be you should be able to do something and know how right, this is just for fun. It's the same if you go to the gun range or anything else or if you're playing a racing game. Take let's let's take it away from Grand Theft Auto. Let's say it's a racing game where you can drive 200 miles an hour. You are taught. That that's a video game. When you get out here on Meridian Street, that's not what you do. It's the parental part that's missing along with that thing that you talk about with the video game. But that's just my thought. Charles, thank you so much. Absolutely. I recommend Richard Wright, Almost a Man. Read that book if you get a chance. All right. Charles, thank you so much for the call. Let me, let me squeeze in one more before we go to a break. Uh, caller on line three. Good morning. Who's this? You got about a minute. Hi, is this, uh, hi. Yes, you are uh, live on the air. you got 60 seconds. Go for it. Okay, this is uh, Miss Brown. I'm, uh, I agree completely with the gentleman who just spoke. I'm praying that our church leaders would teach their congregation to truly be the hands and feet of Christ. We're to go out into the community and talk and befriend these children, these communities, and not act as if they're invisible. I am a four-feet, uh, two-inch woman. I go out, I've broken up two uh possible fights on the parking lot of Walmart. They, people are okay with you coming in, talking with them, acting like you have concern and uh, <clears throat> love for them. Uh, it's okay for us to uh, not treat our children like they're invisible, to talk with them, to act like we love them, to go out and just have a conversation with them. I didn't say go out with the Bible in our hand and and ram scriptures down their throats, but to act like you're a loving, caring person 
And also, with this group and these conversations, are there groups out there that we can do more than just talk like this on the radio, that we can actually begin to be the change agents in our communities? So those are my comments. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for calling in. I appreciate it. We're going to continue this conversation on the other side of the break, but bring in a different component. A lot of this has to do with policing and folks are saying well where were the police and in the case of keandre davis the 19 year old who was shot at his own birthday party the police were three blocks away but they can't predict what's going to happen so yes that is a component and i want to i only bring that up to say keep those thoughts in mind as we go into this next conversation which is related and that's about the calls from some to abolish the police and others not to do that it's a conversation to teach and is happening right here in Indianapolis coming up this week. It's the good, the bad, and the ugly of the topic that is connected to so much of what is happening in our lives. We'll talk about that and this continuing crime issue when we come back. More Open Lines up next. Let's get back to Open Lines, your eye on the community on Hot 96.3. And we are back on Hot 96.3 and 106.7 WTLC. This is Open Lines. I'm Cameron Riddle on this Sunday, May 23rd. Uh, For a good part of the hour, we've been talking about the crime issues that are going on in our city as we are uh, approaching 100 homicides in this city in only May. And, of course, part of the conversation is is usually involving the police and their role in either preventing crime or reacting to crime. But at the same time, you'll remember of the past year, this time last year, we were uh, had people in the streets of every major American city in this country protesting social injustice, uh, police reform. And one year later, there are still groups who are doing that, but in a different way. This all ties into the conversation that we've been having about crime. And I'm going to I'm going to merge the two um, because I think it's it's a it's an interesting juxtaposition. So um, I still want to hear from you on what you think uh, is going on with with the crime issues because they're, they're hitting so close to home. Um, but we also have this policing issue at, at the same time. Matt Davis is with the Indiana um, Racial Indiana Alliance for Racial Justice um, and he is doing another teaching. We had Matt on a couple of weeks ago and the phone lines were lit up because he was doing a teaching uh, rally down at Monument Circle. Well, he's doing another one. Uh, it's on um, May 25th at 7 and I brought him on at this time because it's the combination of the crime that we're seeing and the one year anniversary of the protest and the George Floyd, uh, his murder. So Matt joins us now on our live line. Matt, this is an interesting combo that we're having to deal with right now. Yeah, you're right about that. It's definitely, um, it's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so you're, and, and Matt, while we do this, I'm, I'm going to bring calls in. So it's not just you and I talking, but because I want it to be a fluid conversation. But when okay. you talk about abolishing the police, you're saying it's the good, the bad and ugly. We've got people who are saying abolish the police. But at the same time, we've ran stories and had conversations this morning with people saying, speak up. If you know something, call the police. Oh, Absolutely. What's yeah. the mix? Well, I, I think I think the issue here is um, do the police solve the crime? that we see? Uh, Do they have the trust between law enforcement and the community? All the narrative you hear in the news, all the narrative you hear from this union, all the narrative you hear from its actual uh, policemen. Uh, It's just, it's just to a point where is it effective at all? I mean, there's other public servants who are more effective and they actually do their job. And so we have to start questioning what's their role in our city was their role in our society, right? So the, the numbers and the data that is not really on their side in terms of the results and the outcomes for public safety, for crime prevention, or actually solving a crime at all, right? So, so let so, me ask you this, um, and answer this one quickly for me because I got some phone calls I want to squeeze in here. 
abolishing right. the police. Are you tell are you out there saying abolish the police or is your message different? Well, I think our 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 whole point is let's get into what that process is so we can say, okay, this part we actually don't have an answer for yet. So if you don't have an alternative or if you don't have a plan for reconstruction, just like slavery, right? You can't just abolish the slave patrol without getting rid of slavery. That's our whole point, right? That's a messy process. So we have to be honest with people about what their questions already are and then suss those out. And then from there, actually talk about what alternatives are. Honestly, the whole point is to get the whole defund and disband and disarm, divest. These are all phrases. If people are not informed about what they are, and then they have an opportunity to decide whether that's the route that they want to take. So I, if I had to answer your question more head on, I guess you would say as an organization for us, we want more of a community or a citizen's control over the entire public safety budget. Um, and then also authority, right? That needs to be decentralized into councils, not, you know, uh, under the mayor and then under the chief. And then they appoint everything and then kind of share on these oversight boards where they police themselves. It just doesn't work. We all know it doesn't work. That's the whole point. Let's get beyond defining the problem. I think we all can understand that they're terrible, even if we don't want to get rid of them. We've talked about a lot of different things, both alternatives and reforms, just like defund. It's just a reform, right? So it holds, it holds people accountable in a different way. But essentially, it's just a reform. Abolition is an entirely different process. That's not just about the police. So let's talk about it. But the police are involved. Let's get that part out of the way. But that isn't going to stop the criminal justice system or prison industrial complex, you know? All right. So there's a, like we said, there's a combination of things of how do you reform the police at the same time? How do you, how do, how on one end of your mouth you say, and I'm not talking about you, Matt, but as a society, oh, yeah. we're saying, ab- folks are saying abolish the police. And then we've got other people saying, hey, um, I need the police in my neighborhood or I need the police to investigate this crime because one of my loved ones um, has has been taken. Somebody that I know and somebody that I love. We got callers on the line. 317-239-9696. 317-239-9696. That's the number to call to get on the air this morning. I know someone we're going to talk to. Um, this conversation and the crime is hitting uh, close to them because I told you all earlier uh, about 19 year old Keandre Davis, who was shot and killed. Somebody on the line. Uh, knew him. Caller, good morning. You're live on the air. Uh, yes, uh, my name is Brandon Buckley. I am the director of the HUB program at George Washington High School. Uh, Keandre was one of the students um, that went to my school, um, and it's, it's sad to hear about that. And just, I feel like the the I'm young, so I have I care about the kids. Like I had a barbecue yesterday for the city and the kids and all that stuff. And you just have to have that village. And when I was a kid, you have to have that village in order to, you know, rise the occasions. And I think the police have to get into the neighborhoods. I feel like the adults have to get into the neighborhoods and they have to, you know, strive and and push the kids uh, to go further because if we're in their lives and they see us every day, they will recognize the things that we do and honor us. Um, and so I feel like we got to get rid of that old mentality that they're, that we're scared to get into these neighborhoods and scared of these kids and just really get out here. And, and, and one of my leaders, um, Stan Law, um, he's one of those people that gets into um, these kids' lives and every day, um, we strive to make sure that these kids are great. So I feel like that we need to do that. We need to step up, even though that I'm young, I'm 30 years old, um, and I'm out here, you know, just grinding and making sure that the kids um, are loved. And um, Key Andre um, was a great student. You know, he had a kid on the way. Um, and it, it, it just saddens me because even at my school where I'm at, we lost about eight kids this year mm. due to violence. And so um, I really, I really want to strive um, to make more after school programs, more programming for the kids to really just have a place of where they feel safe and a place of where they feel home. Um, and that's what we need to get back to is that, that neighborhood feeling and that place where kids can really come to us and really 
vibe with us. So that's that's kind of what I want to say. Well, I appreciate the call, and, and I am deeply sorry for the loss and the multiple losses that you uh, have, have witnessed in your students from just this past year. Thank you so much for calling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt, he brought up a couple of different ideas. See, what you're talking yeah. about is ideas and different things that we can do with the same pot of money we're having. How can we how can we reallocate that to solve some of these issues? He just brought up one more after school programs um, that That's real crime prevention, real and crime I, prevention. And, and usually we have to take that on. <clears throat> usually we have to take that on ourselves. Right. We mm-hmm. always have to step it up. We always have to pull together. We always have to be united and then but yet we pay taxes for these systems to actually work you see what i mean so we always have to take the brunt of actually uh taking justice in our own hands anyway so So if you don't have any sense of governance or any sense of citizen control over the process we saw this with the general orders board right Mm -hmm. they they wanted more or less like a legislative branch of the department okay i guess the city council was pushing that we talk with them, leadership, authors of the bill, help them kind of think about it from a, um, a more alternative perspective. They weren't ready because it was essentially about the rule book of the department, right? So then at some point we need to get beyond them policing or governing themselves, right? So, how, is, how, is, how is the superintendent appointing the school board? That doesn't make sense. So when you've got uh, folks like Charles who call – and we we're talking about how we've got all these young kids, multiple. We got a 19 year old. We got a 12 year old who are killed. The death of kids is a public safety issue. Right. So if what you're talking about is reform, are you saying, well, maybe we need to rethink some of that money we're giving to the police department. And if it's a public safety issue, redirect those dollars so that we can do some crime prevention to keep our kids safe. Right. Right. And so and so I, what, what I'm trying to help people see is that what you're hearing about defund, which sounded or sounds so radical to you, is essentially a reform, right? It, you're trying to do something different with the city's budget as more like a moral document to say, here are our priorities. We see people struggling. We see people going through things. Let's reallocate. Let's transport for these, these funds from this part of the city's budget, this public agency, to this other one, right? In a sincere fashion, in a way that people are part of the budgeting process, ideally, right? We've already seen that breakdown with city council last year. So I, I think our I, I, point- I think the the two things, those, your call and, and Charles, I think will make a lot of sense to some people because when you're doing those after school programs and keeping these kids out of, out of safe. When you said we all have to come together, that's, you know, these groups have to fundraise and have to partner with school districts right. and the boys and girls club to do this. All you're wow. saying is take some of that money. But they got tear gas. How do they have tear gas, but we're struggling to do an after school program. I understand. We got some more but, calls. But now we got a band tear gas. I mean, you see what I mean? We, we got more calls. 317-239-9696. Uh, we have five minutes left on the show. Let's see what we can do. Caller on line three. Good morning. Who's this? All right, Cameron, how are you doing? 20 seconds real fast. I okay. know I caught earlier. Yes, I agree 100%. I, I was disturbed with the mayor saying he wanted to add more police uh, to what's going on because more police has never been a solution. Washington Post, New York Times, everybody's wrote articles about that. And then last thing I want to say to anybody believe that you don't need a spiritual component in your life. I'm not a religious person. I don't go to any Christian church. I'm not a Christian Muslim, but I have studied all of them. And take the Eightfold Path and the Four Noble Truths and pick them up. And if you study the Eightfold Path, then that would make you a better person towards everyone. That's from Buddhism. Dr. Brown, if he's listening, you know what I'm talking about. So you have to have a spiritual component to, to, to make sure that you're grounded with the universe, understand your place and space and time in the universe with all things, and you'll treat everyone with love and respect and kindness. Without that, that's why we're seeing a lot of the individual problems that we see. Never forget that, people. The A-fold path. Pick it up and check it out. Thanks, Cameron. All right, thank you. We got more calls, Matt. 317-239-9696. Caller on line two. Good morning. You're live on the air. Who's this? Uh, this is Clark Williams out of Indianapolis from Hallville. Well, good morning. What's on your mind? Good, good morning, brother. Um, I'm just uh, reflecting off what the last gentleman said. we got to start more programs in the community for these kids uh, again, and then we need to meet these kids where they're at. That's, that's the big part, you know, for the community. Everybody's saying what they're not going to do for the kids, or that they're not going to talk to them because they don't listen. 
I mean, we were in those shoes once before. We had to, you know, people had to talk to us. So when are we going to take the time, you know, to meet these kids where they're at? You know, they need to grow. They have to evolve. And they're not going to evolve if we steady shooting them down. All right. So that's, that's just the point I wanted to put out there to the neighborhood. Again, we got to get them more after-school programs, them safe havens like we had mm-hmm. when we were coming up. Used to have safe that harbor way. and all that. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. And that way, you know, these issues, these kids wouldn't be out here at 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock. We wouldn't know where they're at. They're at home. I just dropped them off from my program. See what I'm saying? Understood. Thank you so much for the call. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Matt, you're doing this teaching about abolition. Abolishing the police, the good, the bad, the ugly, Tuesday, May 25th at 7 p.m. on Monument Circle. I think that some folks are understanding what you're saying, and it's just redirecting the resources to get to some of these other issues in a more direct way, more prevention, less reaction. Right. And if you want to abolish or disband a department, right, that's a different process. And let's keep those separate, right? That's all I'm saying. Let's let's keep being abolitionists and 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 pushing for more fundamental reforms or changing of the existing structure. Keep those separate so that the general public and the, and the people, especially most impacted by it, when you talk about black, brown, native people, just talk plain. That's all I'm saying. Just speak speak clearly about what change looks like. Can you answer their question? So I think for us with the racial justice alliance, we feel responsible to answer people's questions all right questions on how to get we we're hearing from our callers here's what we can do here's what needs to be done matt's talking about okay here's a bridge on how maybe we could get that done matt if people have questions we got 15 seconds how can people connect besides meeting you at the circle tuesday at seven uh you can go to indiana racial justice alliance uh pretty much on all platforms so uh, facebook instagram twitter um, and uh, INRJA or Indiana RJA, um, Twitter, Instagram. Um, kind of got a limited social media presence. That's I understand. Kind of been, yeah, that's how we've been building things. Um, we've got 12 organizers and eight organizations All right. uh, that we kind of developed over this past year. And we just, honestly, we just kind of do these public education pieces until we can build the capacity to do larger issue campaigns. Because all right, man. If we don't do this with people, uh, it won't be the way it needs to be done. The music is playing, my brother, so we got to go. Thanks for joining us for this conversation. I appreciate it. Okay. All right. Um, you know, Matt mentioned he's building his social presence. So am I. Uh, follow me on Twitter, at Cameron Riddle, or on Facebook. Go ahead and like that page. And while you're there, subscribe to Open Line Show anywhere you get your podcast. If you missed a show, you can go back and play it. On Hot 96.3, in just seconds, is your favorite music of the day is on the way. And on WTLC, here comes Al Sharpton with the Hour of Power. I'm Cameron Riddle. We'll see you back here next Sunday, live at 8.